Hello, you're listening to an episode of Dramas Over Flowers. This is The Long Yak, where Saya, Anisa, and Parma, that's me, get together once a month to talk about our current watch lists. Sometimes this means fangirling, but frequently this means disagreements and debates about motives and morality. Join us in our K-drama dissection by subscribing to this podcast, following us on Twitter at dramasoverflow, or emailing us your thoughts at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. If you are supporting us on Patreon, thank you for every episode you help us create. For everyone else, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support us on Patreon too, our pledges start from $1 a month and they make production of this podcast possible. You can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash dramasoverflowers. Now, every long yak is painstakingly transcribed by the amazing K-Drama Daydreamer, who can be found on Twitter at K-Drama Daydreamer. You'll find the link to the transcriptions as well as the timestamps of this episode in the show notes below. And now, welcome to our yak. Hi everyone, this is Saya. This is Anissa. This is Parma. And yay, we're back for a new long yak. So what's everyone been up to in the last month? Parma, you go first. Uh, I'm trying to think what I've been up to. You've had the best month. I did? How did I? Oh, oh yes, yes. Tell them about the uh, your email, your the podcast thingy, you know. Okay. You're a successful fan. <laughs> ah, yeah, I'm a successful fan. That's true. That's very appropriate for this episode. <laughs> Okay, so very quickly, um, there is a podcast I follow. Uh, it's called uh, Smart Bitches Trashy Books, uh, hosted by Sarah Wendell, who's this amazing blogger, and she reviews um, reviews romance novels, YA novels, a, a ton of stuff. So I've been listening to her podcast for years, and over time, I've been sort of analyzing how she edits her podcast and all of that. And aside from Dramas Over Flowers, I also started about six months ago editing other people's podcasts. And getting paid for it. <laughs> so uh, a few weeks back, I wrote her an email, sort of telling her this that sort of she inspired my podcast editing style. Like I feel like I owe all of that to her because she inspired me to do it, like editing podcasts and just podcasts in general. I love podcasts because of her. And um, she read my email out on her podcast, so I was like, and squeed yeah. along with it. Was so I mean, the e- email was great. But her reaction was great as I well. Agree. It was like, wow. Yes. That was- yeah, I loved it. And she loved our name. She loved Dramas Over Flowers. <laughs> yes. She shouted us out and she recommended us. So that yeah. was cool too. And so she, she, she also happens to know about Korean dramas. I mean, everybody knows about Korean dramas, I hope. Uh, but she's watched them. So she actually got what Dramas Over Flowers referred to. Yeah, that was, that was cute. That was super cute. <laughs> And I also have to say, um, I just want to give a shout out to the fact that your editing skills are really, really like, I don't know about the tech stuff, but in terms of your content editing, it's like amazing. You really have an ear for picking out the interesting stuff and let, you know, letting the, the, and I think it really shows in, you know, the finished product of our podcast. Because our conversations don't go as like amazing. My mom. Yeah, yesterday she was like, wow, that sounded like it didn't have any editing at all. I was like, Farm was really good. <laughs> yeah, so. Thank you. Okay, on to somebody else, please. How did your uh, day go? I'm just, yeah, in Ramadan. And so, like, things are tiring and also real life is kind of stressful. But I don't want to go into it. But is everyone eating good food in the evenings? Oh, uh, Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Sometimes the stars are kind of hitting this, to be honest. <laughs> well, I've I've come down to uh, just having uh, rice, so it's like oh man, don't break my illusions. It, in my in my head, if that is always amazing. Oh no, it is. But like you know, because you actually need to sort of make sure that you're feeling comfortable and that your stomach and your skin and all of that, especially because like not being able to drink during the day, like it always takes a bit yeah. of a toll on my skin. Like, especially because um, the days are so long at this time of year. I mean, they've been getting shorter because Ramadan's been moving back, but we're at the stage where we're sort of, the days are getting longer right now. But um, compared to the last few years, they are much shorter. But um, yeah, the, the water thing 
is is a, it's a careful balance of eating like the right amount of fruits and vegetables and like maybe you're allowed to have three fried items like you know some sized ones and everything else is like good food but it actually you know when you're fasting everything tastes amazing normally i'm yeah. not a huge fan of rice but like and yes <gasps> i know that's a sinful for i'm a bad bengali man <laughs> i love i love rice next you say you don't like fish and then what will do with you <laughs> We're actually like Punjabis are known for like loving their bread but I am a rice person so I'm I guess I'm also a traitor cuz I don't love roti. I love roti see but like yeah. Okay, before we make this into like a Ramadan slash food podcast. <laughs> cuz I feel like that could be a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do uh, want to say that, like, you know, last month we were saying about not watching dramas and I was like, well, I wasn't planning to not watch anything because I've kind of given up on my willpower in in that direction. But actually, I ended up not watching anything for like three weeks. Oh, good job. I just didn't have time. I was so, so busy. And then, of course, in the e- evenings are kind of sacred. So you don't want to use your Ramadan yeah. night time for, for rubbish. Speaking of my own semi commitments to what i wanted to do i have been able to fast a few days so that's it. oh have you oh mashallah that's so good but i haven't been fasting from dramas as much although i haven't watched <laughs> a ton either so i also want our listeners to know because you know i meet a lot of people who aren't able to fast and they're sad about that but i would like them to know that it's okay like you don't have to feel bad if you can't fast Because not everyone can. Fasting is a thing that you have to be in tip-top condition for, really. Like Ramadan is still there's so much you can get out of Ramadan mm. even when you're not fasting. So yes, don't be sad. <laughs> And if you watch the odd drama too, you do what you need to do. On that note, <laughs> smooth segue into what is everyone watching? Ah, uh, I think everyone's watching her private life, right? Okay, there's a lot, a lot of fangirling I would love to do about this drama because I thought a few weeks back, with I think around the seventh and eighth episode, it 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 just did this whole it did a big misunderstanding trope thing, which I was afraid was going to ruin the second half, and then it didn't. It resolved it really fast. Went forward with how amazing these two are as a couple, and just. just kept being awesome and i thought hey dodge the whole curse of the second half and um it's the f- i just watched the 14th episode this morning and i loved it um they just hinted at something not hinted they just pretty much said it at something that's going to happen in the last two episodes that i think is a bit extra no it's definitely extra was not necessary at all in this drama was it the childhood connection Yes, yes, it, it's a childhood connection. Why? Why is it they, necessary? They just like I'm actually, I haven't watched any in the last month, so I'm still at the point I was in the last yet, which is like the end of episode eight, I think. And and they hinted at it there, right? The dream. I know. I saw. I remember. Yeah, I was very mad. Know that this was coming, but that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I kind of, I did a mental face palm at the whole really. Do we have to? Can we? Because just... when at the end of fourteen, um, Saya, when you get here, you would realize that all the arcs have already been wonderfully fulfilled. You don't actually need anything more. But now they have gone, and they are like, no, you know, we want to stick this one more thing. <laughs> well, it so... wouldn't be a K drama. You know, we should start doing K drama bingo, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm no, I refuse to acknowledge that there's two more hours of the show. I'm so happy with where it is now. I'm just gonna stop. I can't stop though because I have to write a review. Yeah, yeah, that, that's just a lie. We, oh, we all no! gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, because Anissa has to write a review, so she has to actually watch it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's per- it's like perfect at fourteen episodes. All you have oh, to do is like so refresh it to like edit out like five minutes of whatever's come before, and it's a perfect drama. Yeah. Oh, you know how they always like uh, they they can't sustain the chemistry after the couple has gotten together usually. it just somehow just tanks they it's really hard for them to keep the tension up i like what they did here one thing was that the relationship was very genuine so all the interactions are amazingly just mm. just wonderful to watch but the other thing is after they got together and 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 they kissed they just didn't kiss anymore for like several more episodes and i thought that was amazing they hugged a lot which i really appreciate but that was a good call because you know when finally it happens again you're like You, you didn't even realize what subconsciously you were hoping it happens again so that in of itself was a sort of a 
you know like that that holding back yeah it doesn't it doesn't hurt that these two have like supernatural oh, with each other yeah but, you know i was thinking about because uh, i re-listened to put back to our conversation about um romance as a bonus book and how you were like you know how much you loved their chemistry and I was like oh, I wasn't really feeling it but like when you were talking you were like making it sound as if I just didn't find that they had enough physical chemistry but I wasn't necessarily meaning that I needed it to be like you know more more skinship or anything like that I just didn't find them to have the kind of intimacy that I like and I think that they do a really good job with these two where like you yeah. can see their relationship progressing and it's not like it doesn't necessarily have to be like physical progression, which I don't really care as much about. Um, but it's the the conversations that they're having and the way that they're like slowly revealing the most private like traumas and the things from their past that they don't really tell anybody else. But they're like, you know, like I think the most romantic thing is having that person who is like willing to stay by your side and like listen to you and who you can trust. And like they have such a strong bond. And so we got to see them developing that bond, which is amazing. And that's where I think the chemistry really comes in. It's not necessarily like, you know, kissing and all of that. That that's no, no, you no, know, I just icing on the on the top of the cake. But it's really it's really that that relationship development, which like I personally just didn't feel as much after they got together in Romance's bonus book. But I mean, of course everybody is. It's interesting with this show because I really hate the fact that Dukmi and um, Ryan have this childhood connection, but then like his other childhood backstory was yeah. surprisingly very well done and it made me cry and like, it doesn't hurt yeah. that it's like uh, his mom's played by Iwa, who's like oh, the answer yeah. me mom and like we all love her and she was able to, you know, like she was able to give so much life to a character who we had like not even seen up to that point, and yet she became so real so quickly. So like I loved that, and then I was like, we don't need anything else from the past, like because that all of that is kind of coincidental, but it also makes sense because he's been chasing, like these paintings have a meaning, so he's been chasing the paintings, and so it like makes sense for those all those people to like come into each other's orbit. But the other mm -hmm. thing is just, it's just like. That would never happen. It doesn't need to happen. It's just anyway. Yeah, that's all. You, I have. you know, sometimes I imagine a sort of a, a situation like after the events of the drama is done, where all of the family members, like all the main pair, has gotten married. All the family members are getting together and they're having like a drawing room conversation or a dinner table conversation, and you know the situations of the drama come up. Then is that even possible? Is that a, is that a normal? Saya, close your ears. I'm going to spoil it a bit. Okay. Just, okay. So this is a spoiler for what they hinted at in episode 14, guys. So if you guys want to avoid it, check the description. I have the spoiler-free timestamp there. Okay. So Dokmi's mom is like the, the serving, I don't know, some rice to Brian and going like, yeah, you remember that time when I apparently fostered you and then abandoned you at a, at a, at a what, what was it, orphanage? And Ryan is like, yeah. I do remember that time and that gave me trauma for like 30 years. Yeah, so that, that's a conversation that's never going to happen in, in, a, in a real life drawing room situation. I'm just, what, why, why do this? It's so <laughs> unnecessary. It's so nonsensical and like there's no it reason is. for them to have known each other as children. There is no like, reason. It, it, it's believable until right now. Exactly. Believable, matlab, they can still have that drawing room conversation without it getting like super mock junk. But right now they're going to mock junk territory. Why? And this woman, Dokmi's mother, does she have an obsession with collecting other people's children? Why does she have so many other right. people's children around her? It's like w adopting one child, <laughs> but then like there's another one. I think I was like, I just like, I understand. And this. then Cindy. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about Cindy. I actually really like where they went with her character. Oh, I, I really, I really like that too. Right, right before they did that last thing in the end. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, let's call Saya back. Okay. I'm back. Yay. Yeah, we, yeah, I think we're um, done. I think we're done too, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm done. The show is over. <laughs> it's a good show. I'm happy. It's it, it's a very good show. I love it. I'm going to definitely probably enjoy the last two episodes as well. And hey, tons better than how uh, Secretary Kim was ending. That's in, true. in terms of just 
yeah mm. Ge- Sailor General... Kim was eight episodes longer than it needed to be yeah this is only two episodes longer than it <laughs> <laughs> that's an improvement yeah. yeah which is fine which is great which is yeah. amazing drama overall man I'm so gonna rewatch it the moment it ends <laughs> well it's already do. ended right so exactly <laughs> start now <laughs> okay Okay. Since we're talking about um, completed shows, can I quickly come in for a minute on uh, just to sort of do a final debrief on what's it called? Uh, Psychometric Guy. Sure. Psychometric. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think last month uh, we were two episodes short of it finishing. And mm. after that, I wrote a long up review, which uh, is on Drama Beans, if anyone wants to read it. It's um, so good. Which- Go read it. <laughs> I was gonna say well the drama wasn't um but yeah I wasn't I'm disappointed by that drama but I want to say that Jin Young and the Yoon Jin character yeah were brilliant to the end I really liked them but I really don't like how the show ended I actually really liked what happened to Kang Sung Mo's character like I liked his I liked where they went with it my issues were to do with the medical diagnosis which was crapshoot um, Which, yeah, and also sense. the fact that uh, Kang Sumo didn't actually have a, a proper character development. Like they yeah, had an amazing idea, that, but the execution was really bad. That's what made the drama ultimately not land, as in all of the emotions of it, because that uh, yeah. the Kang Sumo character was so disconnected from you emotionally as a viewer that it just, I couldn't, bring myself to then care about him afterwards when everything was revealed. Like he was off the grid for uh, like the whole middle stretch of the show. Yeah, um, for no apparent reason. Yes, yeah, he, he just disappeared for like for some mysterious drama reason, which was never explained. And it was like he was leading everyone on this wild goose chase. It was like a very sort of chess mastery kind of, but not. And so when at the end they produced a sympathetic story for him, I could not find it in myself to be sympathetic i mean i was kind of on a surface way but it just it wasn't well done the the pacing the the directing the writing all of that did not work even though the actors performances i mean apart from uh kang sung i actually don't think he did as good a jo- well then he didn't have a lot to work with so no anyway. kim kwan was yeah. adequate but he yeah but his they character really was written have... really badly. He, it and was, then it was. The last two episodes were just lots of close-ups of his crying face. And it's like, you, you overused this one expression so it no longer has impact to see that single tear track down his face. And you're just like... Yeah. Ah. But you know what they did do well? They cast the younger Kang Sun-mo really well. So yeah. that's the boy I had an emotional connection with. Yeah, that's was true. He? Was, was, was he in the castle he was in? Oh, uh, okay so yeah so i thought he he did a really good job so because the backstory in the end delivered to us via door frame was <laughs> just so much of the younger actor it's uh it, it, it did have an emotional impact on me and i liked where they went with it that's great that's great i liked the, it as a story like in terms of it's it, more than theory right Right, but the execution just didn't really work for me. Yeah, agreed. But Jin Young was delightful to the end. Yeah, so <laughs> much so. And they're probably setting us up for season two, which I'd actually be down for, I think. I mean, especially I don't the- know if they are, but I would watch it. I would because watch it too. I enjoyed, like, I enjoyed the actors that much. Now, and now they've got the tragic backstory out of the way, and they can move on. And I don't actually even like procedurals, but I like Jin Young now, so it should be fun. That was a long minute. We can move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on to newly airing dramas. Abyss? Yeah. Zaya? Yeah, so you're watching this program, aren't you? So, oh, uh, I watched the first two episodes. Okay. And what were your thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts were, let me see. Um, wh- why did they waste Seo and Gok's cameo? Why did they do that? That was just, uh, sorry, I'm a bit too involved with Seo and Gok. Um, <laughs> he was there for like 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, that's for him to do that was just so it was so bland how could they have so and Kok and Jung So Min together after and they made a 100 million stars reference but it was so bland <laughs> it was ugh. anyway moving on um, like 80% so, of cameos disappointing though 
yeah that's that's probably true however so in in the, i have only one piece of the primary opinion at this point which is that before the their faces change we should have seen those two characters interacting as friends and not just on one conversation over phone call when one of them was almost dying like we should have seen these two as friends and not after their faces changed and they were attractive and attracted to each other it just i wanted to see what their relationship was not just in flashbacks like we should have they should have started with their relationship but then that's less screen time for the main uh, actors so that's probably maybe, maybe like 5 minutes of screen time less <laughs> <laughs> well um let's just quickly like summarize what the setup of the show is so you've got anhyo sub's character who is actually originally played by anse anse and he's meant to be this great yeah. guy but not great looking and like his looks are a punchline basically for everybody and he's uh, just been dumped by his girlfriend and he's at the uh, his fiance in fact and so he's at the top of a building contemplating throwing himself off it except he can't sort of follow through um so he's just sort of standing on the ledge sobbing and trying to call his ex, uh, his uh, fiance because Uh, and right. then he suddenly gets knocked off the building and dies. Um so it turns out that he's been killed accidentally by aliens and they're like what? what? And and the aliens are Sungook and Jungmin. Wait, there's aliens? What? <laughs> Wait, what the aliens? I just thought they were like angels or something. Like I don't uh, know, well, modern day creatures. The, the wiki page says alien. So it's actually a sci-fi rather than fantasy. I'm not sure. But anyway, oh the, the wiki page calls them aliens. You can't actually tell what they are in the show. Um Yeah. So they're like whoops killed the dude and they they have to revive him so they have the special marble which is called the abyss and they're like they revive him with that and then they give it to him and say well you're the owner now why and just revive him and go away when he's revived like your form changes to the form of your uh soul, soul. apparently so his the his soul turns uh, he his physical form yeah it turns into an yourself so he has an an yourself shaped soul Yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then you know um uh, stuff happens blah 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 and his uh, actually he's had a, a crush on his friend um who later is is played by Park Bo-young um uh, uh Goseon um and she's originally played by a different actress who is tall and willowy and like a uh she's a kick-ass prosecutor right so, oh yeah also yeah. <laughs> and very very proud of her beauty i feel like she owns it she's not like yeah she does she's not she's not irritating yeah that, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and it turns out that he's had a crush on her for the last 20 years um and she set him up with his now ex there's like this whole weird dynamic where she's like if only you weren't so ugly and how can i date a face uh, like that what? and just like it she doesn't he, say that to him what? but she said it to somebody else have you yeah, seen her then, like i say his looks are a punchline but then he's also like that toxic nice guy that you know i'm so good um how dare you reject me exactly like if you had accepted me then i wouldn't have tried to kill myself and it's like um no these people uh, do so, not sound like people whose souls would end up looking like right. ken See, and I park go young i'm sorry <laughs> yeah but i mean um so gosion uh, the prosecutor is murdered and it's not a spoiler it happens pretty quickly mm-hmm. and sh- he uh, revives her with the abyss and her soul takes the form of pagboyung which is meant to be very ordinary like you know an ordinary uh, non friendly sort of face yeah like What? a you know you're a girl next door kind of unremarkable which is uh, nonsense No I I actually I'm I'm buying it. She is like when you compare the two you're like how, oh, that's how yeah that's how they're playing it and yeah she mm-hmm. is play, playing the girl next door vibes pretty well. True. Yeah. That's because um, she's an amazing actress in no world does she look ordinary. <laughs> hey this is as ordinary as main female leads are allowed to be okay. The thing is her, her looks are sort of more cuteness based whereas yeah, the other is more kind of traditional glamorous. Yeah, yeah I guess. Right. Yeah. So yeah so there's that so that's all the basic setup. It actually you know it's a complete mess. The first four episodes are a total mess. Um yet somehow they remain compelling. Um so there's a serial killer in the mix here and uh, this dude has been going around. Oh, yeah of course there is. <laughs> um and it's a bit of a spoiler. Do you want me to give you kind of episode 2 spoiler? 
it's fine i've watched it and anisa won't be spoiled much by this Okay, <laughs> I, I doubt that I'm going to watch this. <laughs> so it turns out that um, this uh, he was on his way to Cisse on the night that he was revived. Um, and he sort of bumped into someone. Uh, he, he came across someone lying dead on, on the street. And he panicked and ends up um, unknowingly using the abyss on them. And that person turns out to have been the serial killer who was on his way to kill Seon. And that's because he revived that guy. That's why Seon was killed after that. Um, so it's kind of, it's actually, it's a really good twist. It is. But the hilarity is that he revived the killer and the killer's soul looks like the killer's dad. He <laughs> <laughs> so aged like what, 30 years. Lee Sung-jae, I think, um, uh, you know, yeah. who was in uh, Jealousy Incarnate. The he was in everything, okay? Every just corporate drama, like a medical yeah. corporate drama that I can think of. He's in all of them. So, so what ha- yeah, he's revived into the form of his soul, which is supposedly ugly, i.e. older and hairier and like, you know, and he, he's this hotshot surgeon. This whole uh, premise sounds so problematic to me. I'm so everything, it is. It's completely nuts. So what happens is that you're meant to buy that he looks totally different from his previous self when all he's got is sort of a bit of stuck-on facial hair and looks a bit grubby and has an ugly grey wig. Um, and it's like, you can solve this by just cutting your hair, grooming yourself, and, you know, then you're not this recognisable, um, trampy-looking dude for like that's caught on CCTV everywhere. You can just like so easily change that look, but no. Apparently, this is real world logic does not work in drama land as we know. Um, but it, it does get really interesting again after that because the next twist is so uh, uh, Chamin is uh, uh, Sub's character. He gets killed by the serial killer. And what? um, what's interesting? Oh, you haven't got the. Oh, sorry. No. Wow, that's awesome. Tell me more. Oh, are you sure? Because this is super spoiler. Yeah. Too. No, I, I'm pretty sure none of these spoilers will spoil anything for me. Okay. <laughs> so he gets killed. And what happens is, so the abyss is actually quite cool. So it, um, it reveals its uh, rules one by one. It feels a little bit like so, the uh, beginnings of, uh, what's it called? You know, Memories of the Alhambra with these like game rules and stuff. So yeah, but the rules were like, actually rules and they yeah. meant something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the um, what happens to it is if the original owner is killed, it then gets passed on, like it uh, automatically transfers ownership temporarily to the next revived, who is the murderer. <gasps> and like that is such a cool twist. Which, like, a murderer is killing people, right? And they keep coming back to life. And oh my god! It's, like, it's so cool. So you you know who the murderer is really quickly, like within the like first epi- first episode, more or less. Yeah, so but you uh, sort of you... guess it in the first episode, second episode, yeah, you're pretty yeah, much You know, but the problem with that, which was also the problem in uh, Psychometric, is that when you reveal your murderer too soon, how do you then maintain the tension after that? Um, so I, I worried about this because, like, well, I know who he is. Plus, he was like as a character, like as a villain, he's not particularly deep and he's not particularly interesting. He's a very cookie cutter psychopath killer. Like, there's no, uh, you know, there's no motivations. There's no nothing below the surface. There's just kind of he's like a walking plot device and not much mm. more than that. But now, like episode six, you've got another twist at the end of that, and that's like <laughs> maybe he wasn't the murderer after all. And that I'm thinking it was somebody else now, but it hasn't been revealed. What? I have a theory. Um, it's like, it is a mess. It's a complete mess, but somewhere in there is quite a good story. Wow. Hey, I might actually start watching it again. Ishian, uh, who does lots of um, enjoyable secondary roles, he's, he's great in this. Um, and he's he, always good. Yeah, and he partners up a lot with Pak Boyung, so you're like, that's a really good dynamic. And I hate to say this about Anya Sob because um, I adore him as Chan, but um, I don't. He doesn't have a lot of screen presence. Yeah, and um, I was a bit disappointed by that too. His character doesn't actually like. I can't see a trace of Chan in him, which is like neither good or bad. But like, I I hate to say this, but I find him a bit of a charismatic black hole. You know, I felt the same way about him in Father is Strange, which is why I was so shocked to find out that it was the same actor playing Chan. And he might be a director's actor. Like, he needs a really good director to 
Miss our director who actually yeah. has a very clear vision to mm. be able to portray the character well because you can work to his strengths. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Or he needs to meet like particular roles and particular characters. Yeah. To yeah, that's can that can also be because I think he got his meme lead too soon, if possible. Yeah. yeah he hasn't so. developed the chops yet, so I'm not. Yeah, because it definitely. I wish Ishion would be a like he would be a great lead for this show. But of course, it's always the face that rules, isn't it? I know. So, it's. A, I mean, yeah. and it's not like he's not even good looking. It's just that I know, he doesn't but have he's that not particular, that like, yeah, boyish, exactly. like milky face, like, and you know, long legged. <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. that particular look that is apparently the only look that can be a hero's look. <sighs> Shame. Yeah, I know. But then the other thing is that oftentimes the side characters are more interesting than the main That's characters. True. Like yeah. you know, whenever you have secondary actors who graduate to lead actor roles or um you know men or women that those roles end up being less interesting than than the secondary roles that they do sometimes yeah mm. yeah so what's next secret, secret life, life of, of my, my secretary, secretary. yeah i watched the first episode <laughs> where are you guys i've watched two episodes tell me what you think first since you've watched one episode and then i'll chime in with my own thoughts okay i uh... I actually don't know what I think yet. I don't think they have completely set up anything as it. we've been given basic intros to characters, but uh, the female lead whom I don't know from anything before, I think. Have, have we seen her anything else before? 20 again. She was the the friend of Cheju's character. Oh, okay. So I, I, really I, want, I want to remember her. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. She was also in Misty, which um, she was fine in that, but her character didn't have that much to do because she was just like, the foxy like younger rival to Kim Namjoo um yeah. and she she had her first lead role in Come and Hug Me but I didn't watch that but she's really good in this yeah but in the first episode i don't think she has shown much as no. yet so i'm not super sure about her or how i feel about her and her character hasn't had much to uh, again like uh, i'm 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 still reserving opinion whereas the male lead whose name i've forgotten of course um Kim Young Goon <laughs> that that guy Kim Young-gun okay. Kim Young-gun okay fine i said it oh, Young-gun Young-gun Kim Young-gun um, so, right look out guy i love I'm him so much I, i like him a lot here already i mean i i, I like him as an actor not so much lot hasn't moved much but yes as an actor i would love him so much not as a person agree from what i understand the main plot elements the secret life quote unquote doesn't even have, like get set up for at least the first four episodes so it kind of makes sense that nothing would like makes sense so are you as okay you- with finding out what happens in episode 2 because i feel like the story really doesn't get going until episode 2 so i watched a bit of episode 2 not the full of it but i, I think i'll be okay cuz i'll probably be watching it tonight anyway okay oh and by episode 2 i mean like the second hour of the show not yeah 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 so do so do i because it's yeah it's chopped in half but basically like the first episode was fine I you know like after we giggled over the um premise of like the hot blooded secretary last month. Yeah. Um I just I just honestly started it because of the cast. I just really like King Kim Young-gwang as an actor. Um yeah. I think he has something very unique and special. And so like what I started and I was like okay this is interesting and then like it's kind of a typical story of a long-suffering heroine and a like her arrogant cold boss. Although who, who also has me, prognopatia what with that face not recognizing thing yeah but he, that doesn't happen until this accident or right or this like murder attempt right and so yeah. before that the thing that's interesting to me is that, like he's like a genius at remembering faces and he goes from a genius at remembering faces being a genius at remembering faces to someone who like can't even see faces anymore except I think it's more that her. he can read faces than remembering you know like he can tell what people are thinking and tell the motives of a person it's it's both so he's really good at remembering their their at like remembering their names and who they are and stuff yeah yeah but course. he's also really good at reading their expressions but then he ends up um getting because he had a brain surgery when he was young there's like this little clip in his he- in his head so when he falls it kind of moves and so now he not only can he not recognize people anymore he like can't even see their faces um oh, yeah. the only person who he can actually recognize is her 
And he doesn't yeah. know why he can recognize her. I hope this isn't spoiling it too much for you, Saya. No, 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 no. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's Saya. Okay. <laughs> but, like, episode two is what tipped me over into being, like, full on, like, all in for this drama. Because he, in the first hour, he's, like, completely... She's completely in his power because she's a contract employee and he never hires his secretaries for more than one year, which is like because his first secretary betrayed him in a really horrible way, which we don't know what it is yet. But she, yeah. so, but she like really needs the money because she wants to send her, her sister to UPenn and it's like freaking expensive. And, yeah. um, but she, he just like won't rehire her even though she's like probably the best secretary that he's ever had. And it even seems that he has some like tender feelings towards her. Because he always can recognize her in her crowd, and he tells his best friend, like, I could rec- I could recognize her even if I went blind, and I feel like I could hear her voice even if I went deaf. And so, like, there's okay. obviously something under the fact that she's the only person that he recognizes. But the other thing that's really interesting is, like, now that, like, after he fired her, or, like, he didn't rehire her, he's, like, now begging for her to come back because he needs her. And I like how they have him saying these things to her that under any other circumstances would be really romantic. <laughs> You're the only one whose face I see. Everybody else is a to me. Like, I need you so much. But it's really, like, literally the truth. <laughs> and he's like, and she's like, why would I come back? Like, you, like, you're coming to me now. He's like, no, no, I really want. And so, like, seeing him being humbled like that is, like, extremely entertaining <laughs> because he totally does. But also, he plays this character with so much depth and I was like in tears at a certain point like it's very moving so they do a really good job balancing like the humor of the situation but also making it really heartfelt I don't know I'm, I'm really liking it I'm really liking it and I can't wait and especially because like apparently there's somebody out to kill him now that person has come very close to him but he doesn't recognize that it's the guy that tried to kill him so it's like very yeah so, and, and also, like, there's definitely, like, a lot of shady stuff going on because, like, there's okay. the company politics I'm not really a fan of, but, yeah. And I think yeah. I might be wrong, but I feel like they're doing a pretty good job of, like, giving both of the leads an interesting story instead of just giving one of them a really in-depth, complex backstory and one of them is just, like, there. So I like that, too. Can I come okay. in here and say that I have it on good authority that Jinkiju was really good in Compare and Hug Me? I haven't watched it, but I've heard this from um, uh, our friend Miss Victrix, <laughs> who, okay. is who is awesome. Yeah. Yes. No, I. I mean, I really like her so far, and yeah, I'm really excited to keep watching this. So. So I'm going to be watching it when I have time again Yay. one day. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm and I'm watching it anyway. So yeah, you convinced me too to keep on watching. <laughs> Um, okay, a shout out here to Catherine, who's one of our listeners. She left a comment on our YouTube channel telling um, us to give this one a chance. And so that's why I picked it up. And thank you, Catherine. Um, nice. Watching it. And Anisa loves it. So <laughs> I do love it. Yes. I already love it. And I have a good feeling about this one. So what else are we watching? Angel's Last Mission. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so curious about this. So, yeah, I don't know why I picked it up. It was just so random. I think I was just having one of those sort of like um, vegetative moments where I'm just like, I'm tired. Uh, I can't move. And I don't want to start her private life because then I'll just like marathon eight episodes and I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, look, one episode is out. Let's just sample it. And because Shin Hesun and I love Shin Hesun. Um, and I'm very surprised. It's actually really good. Like it immediately like grabs you. So Shin Hesun is a prima ballerina. It opens on her performing um, the lead role. Uh, what's it? What do you even call these things? I don't know anything about ballet, but she's like the lead, the principal dancer uh, for <laughs> Swan Lake. And, but then she has this like horrible accident and one of the lights falls on her and a, a shard of glass falls on her eye and she goes oh, blind. No. So you like, does she always have to go through so much pain? I know. And it's like, you know, like her in the beginning of 30 but 17 where she's like so broken and like in pain. So you've got like this, um, this is actually 
like her 30 but 17 character is much more vulnerable in an obvious way whereas um her character in this and i need to check her name i keep forgetting their names oh yonso so her name is yonso so she has this accident um at which we sort of experience as a nightmare slash flashback and then she wakes up from the dream and it's been three years since her accident and she's blind now and she's been waiting for a, a cornea transplant for years but you get to see like you get this full episode of her managing her life as a person with visual impairment and i just i love that we get to see see her living a life being um really like traumatized by her accident of course but also just putting that no i don't want to say it's a strong front but she's like she's tough and she doesn't let anyone get to her um she's actually kind of she's really prickly and thorny but she's still she's not unlikable so she's very sympathetic but she's also really like all her staff hate her she's like um she's a heiress of a foundation or a ballet company or something anyway she's rich um and her parents <laughs> um have already died so she's like she hasn't got anybody in terms of close family who who's still around to look after her so she's very alone um she's got to put on this um face all the time so that people don't walk all over her but at the same time her experience like she experiences these situations like she goes out for a walk usually she goes with uh he, he's an ajashi who's like been with the family for like 20 years uh, he was her dad's secretary but now he's kind of like a stand-in for her dad who is no longer uh, uh oh, this living. reminds me of boyfriend and the teddy uh, bear driver ajashi <laughs> oh yeah because um. <laughs> oh, i i was actually thinking i am out again i'm sorry I've, i'm not a robot again because it, it's a, a the whole bit. you know the rich person with the butler dad figure yeah. alone and isolated yeah yeah so what happens is that so you you get to see her go through this um one encounter where she's gone out on her own um this time um and she's set upon by like two teenage boy, uh, young men who tried to like sexually assault her oh, um God. and and like she handles the situation without being hurt and she's actually pretty badass but then afterwards like you you get to see that actually you know she was scared and she has um like she just she has a, an emotional breakdown and so you can see that she's like facing these really tough situations and handling them but then afterwards you can see how difficult it is for her as well so it doesn't like sugarcoat any of that it doesn't make her like a superhuman figure who's like oh you know she's blind but still amazing and can handle everything the same way a a a a seeing person she's basically can. dead ever Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't okay. understand that reference but yeah. <laughs> he's a blind well, he's a blind advocate super person. Blind superhero. Yeah. <laughs> and she's genuinely disabled and you can see the ways that it affects her but she also hands, handles it like within her ability but she's also super affected by it whether or not she'll show you that. It handles the disability well like it doesn't. I I feel like it really does. Um Oh, it's interesting that they have made the heroine blind in this because in Secret Life of My Secretary, you also have a main character who's dealing with a disability, although it's different. Um, but then her older brother is the heroine's older brother is also blind, um, and I get the sense that he wasn't always because he can he can write like regular letters. But I'm a little iffy about the portrayal. So I'm going to have to keep watching that to see it whether they're doing a good job um but it seems like they're doing a really good job with this. So I I mean we've had bad experiences with the portrayal of disabilities mm-hmm. in K-drama in the last year um like with Where Stars Land but I'm I mean mm-hmm. we're definitely seeing more portrayals of disability I feel like than we did like 5 mm-hmm. years ago. So even if it's flawed but it's good to have more visibility. Although I mean you still have disabled people being played by able-bodied people which i'm always a little bit yeah well, things change in episode 2 so um i don't want to give anything mm-hmm. away cuz okay. i think you guys will enjoy this but the story just changes quick oh i haven't even gotten to the like the other part which is that so you have l oh the angel that's right angel. yeah and he's actually he's really like you know l is quite charming um 
his weakness has been when it comes to sort of deeper emotions, like heavy emotions, things like, you know, um, like just more complex sort of grief and things like that. So we haven't got to those sort of heavy emotions yet, but he's still at that point where he's really charming and entertaining. He overdoes it a little bit, but it's entertaining. So he's this uh, angel who is assigned to um, look after animals. Um, so you always see him trying to sort of bend the rules and like he releases dogs from cages. Borma will love that scene. Um, mm -hmm. And he's just genu uh, generally all about like uh, the rescue. But he's not allowed to interfere in human affairs. But he keeps... Oh, my uh, heart is already <laughs> all squishy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he keeps coming across situations where um, uh, Shin Hesan's character, Yonso, is like experiencing something really difficult. Like, for example, that scene where she was being assaulted. Um, and he watches her handle it and he's like, rah. You know, he's impressed. And it, just at those moments where he thinks that he ought to step in, he's like, well, she's, she's handled it. So he keeps encountering her like two or three times and at one point he loses his special angel handkerchief which he because <laughs> his job is nearly over he's like he's got 24 hours left and then he gets to go to heaven so he's like yeah yeah going to heaven and then he loses the handkerchief and then panic and she has it and she's been like um because she uh, for some reason she um, she can, she's got, her other senses are very keen. So she mm. can detect the presence of somebody. She can remember, vo like she can differentiate people by voices. And, but he's not visible to humans. So he's like completely shocked when she senses his presence. Uh, and um, his, uh, and like he says stuff, um, not expecting to be heard by humans and she hears him. But it's like that one time. Um, so then, yeah, everything changes by episode two. So I can't tell you anything, um, but it gets really fun. But guys, watch it before. Um, okay. This sounds I'm good. In, I'm in. I'm so it in. is. It's surprisingly really fun. Um, and yeah, it's and and you've got you know Doji Won who is um, uh, Cheong Shin's mum in the wheelchair in what's it called in Healer. Yeah. So she's actually a bit of an antagonist here, and she's actually really horrible. So on the one hand, I'm like, don't ruin Cheong Shin's mama for me. <laughs> on the other, you're like, this lady is insanely flexible she's like doing flex all the time and you're like yeah, she's in her 50s wow i just wanted to say like a shout out to shinne son because she started out her like her first really big role like her breakout role as far as i know is like as this innocent younger sister in a family drama who has like a cute love story and then she went from that to being like a sort of antagonistic like really stylish second lead in legend of the blue sea and then she's done, like, she did a hit family drama, which was, I didn't watch because Predator was in that. But, like, she did that. It was really popular. She did, she had a really interesting character in Force of Secrets, as you mentioned. Then she did 30 But 17, which was, like, a 180 from her character in Force of Secrets. So, like, now she's doing this. So, I mean, either, like, her, whoever chooses her roles or her herself is choosing her roles is, like, doing a really good job. And she can clearly handle... I mean, she's such a good actress. She can handle it. I'm really happy to see the kind of roles that she's been getting over the last few years. Okay, are we done? Yeah, I think I think our yak is. So, do you have a do you have a dad joke ready for us, Saya? Uh, I, I give me a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. While you're looking for one, I just want to give out a shout out to um, our listener Shorsha Ten who um, emailed us and said that she found penguin jokes in her local <laughs> store, or she found penguin chocolates. And so then I was like, oh, we need to bring back the dad jokes. We're, we're falling down on our duty. <laughs> Apparently people actually like the dad jokes, even though my sister doesn't. <laughs> I mean, we kind of ended up accidentally scrapping them just because we forgot yeah. about them and because... When we split up the episodes into our yeah. new format, we kind of left them behind. So we know everyone missed them. They're coming back. <laughs> so. By popular demand. Yes. <laughs> what we have interpreted as popular demand. <laughs> yeah. One email is definitely popular demand. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so <clears throat> I start a new job in Seoul next week. I hope it's going to be a good career move. What? what? You can get it. 
<laughs> I was laughing by myself. I learned about, uh, in my Korean class, I learned about um, the joke that no one laughs at. I can't remember the expression uh, right now, but there's a proper Korean expression for um, laugh, laughing on your own at your own joke, as in, that was lame. And then we talked about RJ gags. It's really funny. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so was that the Wait, joke? Wait, so you didn't get it? Yeah, that was the joke. What? what? No, give us another one. We didn't get it. I don't understand. I start a new job in Seoul next week. I hope it is going to be a good career move. Career, career. Get it. Oh! <laughs> oh. This only works if you have a British accent. Well, I do. But I don't have one, so I didn't make that connection in my mind. <laughs> Korea and career don't sound the same to me. But they do, though. That failed <laughs> miserably. <laughs> it really did. That was sad. Um, okay, so this is bad and nothing to do with Korea. <laughs> so these aren't like a, a question and requiring an answer. But like, have you heard about the new movie, Constipation? <laughs> you can answer if you like. Um, no. That's because it hasn't come out yet. Oh my my god. But it's actually kind of works because there's a lot of toilet humor in Korean dramas. (laughs) That was hard for me to get used to at first. I was like, why is there so much talk about going to the bathroom? I loved it. Nobody has ever like referenced bodily fluids and stuff in other places and Korean dramas were full of them. People were always going and running off to the bathroom and just vomiting and just <laughs> everything. Okay, so I've got one more. You're going to not like this one. What's the difference between a politician and a snail? And a snail? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the snail... Uh, the snail is less slimy. <laughs> almost, almost. Good answer. One is slimy, a pest, and leaves a noxious trail. The other is a snail. Um, oh, okay. yeah. Okay, so listeners, um, since you haven't been getting our um, dad jokes in a while, we give you like three in a row. But it's not a punishment, we promise. We Can still I, love you. Let me give you one more. Oh my god, Saya. Oh You're never going to listen to us again. <laughs> Do you know why I make puns? No. Because it's my responsibility. <laughs> I, I still didn't get it. Responsibility. Oh! Oh, God. 